Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are Voltron. I mean, we are the minimalists. <laughs> I think that joke didn't land last time you used it. Oh, should we redo the <laughs> intro? No, this is great, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 94, Ryan. 94? It's hard to believe this is our 94th anniversary. What? Are we celebrating every week? <laughs> we that couple, Josh? I, I think... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hey, uh, Bex and hey, I. Hey, <laughs> Happy 94th week anniversary. We celebrate. We celebrate by trimesters. <laughs> Bex and I. We're 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 in our uh, 27th trimester. Jesus, I'm not doing the math right. <laughs> I don't know what a trimester is. I mean, I know the word. <laughs> is it is, is a trimester three months? Well, what's it, a mester? <laughs> it's one third of a mester. <laughs> <laughs> I thought a trimester means it's. <laughs> I thought trimester <laughs> meant that it's three mesters. <laughs> three. It means it means three mesters, right? <laughs> no, man. I mean, it... dude, what the hell is a mester? cut any of this sean <laughs> oh my god this is so good all right anyway uh before we dive into all the questions that we have about budgeting um which is not a funny subject ryan it is, <laughs> it is very not. serious it is <laughs> we should we should uh go ahead and do right here right now uh we, we moved this up to the front because we added a new segment onto our podcast recently called weightlifting with the minimalists we also do a bonus episode where we just do some weightlifting we'll talk about that later but right now actually right here right now oh, yeah. let's talk about what's going on in the lives of the minimalists ryan first off speaking of hilarity ensuing i have mercury poisoning <laughs> congratulations Wait, wh why are you laughing at that congratulations I, it was funny I, I i told you last last week we were sitting down i said i just got my heavy metals test back so i did Ryan, I did this uh, blood and hair and urine samples. <laughs> did you mix it all together? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I stirred it Sounds with like the hair. Sounds like doctor's got a weird fetish, man. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, you know, I've been working on some health issues over the, the course of the last couple years in particular. Uh, really bad gut, which I've been fixing. And thankfully, I got rid of C. diff, which kills 14,000 people a year. And um, I've been working really hard over the last year with, with my team of doctors. Uh, and, and Chris over at Nourish Balance Thrive. This is not an ad. It's not a promotion. I have to pay them every single month to do all these tests and stuff. But man, he has helped me get my health back on track. And he's actually helping Jessica, our, our social media manager. Uh, she's also on the road with us. He's been helping uh, Jessica get her health back on track as well. I won't divulge any details on that, but I can divulge my own details here, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk about our employees' health problems. Man, you this. should see. He's fixing her toes. They're all bloody. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> man, thank God she's getting that webbed foot thing figured out. Wait, don't you have webbed feet? I know. I'm just projecting. <laughs> I think Ryan's checking his I emails web, right dude, now. I by have the way. webbed toes. 
Oh, wait, wait, aren't your toes on your feet? Or are you different? <laughs> yeah, but it's just two of my toes that are webbed. Oh, uh, that's right. That's yeah. right. It's not the whole foot. Yes. Yeah, so I saw, anyway. I heard it was National Joke Day recently. I heard a really <laughs> bad joke. It Dude, was a, I love me some jokes, man. Yeah, well, I heard this, this joke about why the ducks have webbed feet. I don't remember the punchline. It was so bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing more than you would have been at the punchline right now. I'm just so laughing because okay. it told half of a joke. <laughs> and it's the worst part. It was it's the like the punchline would have been acceptable. <laughs> what just telling you the punchline? Yeah, that would have been more acceptable than <laughs> telling me a joke and then not remembering the punchline. So so Ryan, ask me what the secret to a good joke is. <laughs> Hey Josh, what? What's the timing? <laughs> now I've been doing this to Ella recently. Yes, and she doesn't understand jokes for some reason. She'll just start crying She's when I interrupt four. her. Yeah, I mean I have some good, you know, some. She but she she makes some accidental jokes. Oh my god! Did I did I tell you about the? T remember when that meme was really was really big, Ryan? When when people were like. Uh, looking at other people's shoes and they would say, what are those? What's a meme? <laughs> it's like a gene, but, but it, it's a cultural, Never mind. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Ryan, I'm joking. Yes. Yes. Um, no, the, what are those? Yeah. So the dude, the, no, the, uh, before you continue, you've got to, unless you're getting ready to tell, are you like, checking your email right now? How you had, no dude, I'm checking your face on your computer. Yes. All right. It's beautiful. So what, what do you want me to do? No, tell, t tell them about how you, when. About she, Ella? Yeah. That's where I, I'm going right she, now. In Target. I can't, I can't get Ryan to even pay attention to me. And wow, this is the only reason I actually record a podcast is so I can get an hour of Ryan's time. <laughs> do you know his email address? I'll give you half, Where, I'll give you a half hour of my time. His first email address was busyguy05. Dude, I'm trying to have some good recommendations and i had to look up one thing real quick i'm totally focused on you though i All found right. it i'm gonna have a great recommendation for recommendations. The, added, the adding value segment by the way it's not a recommendation people yeah it's just what's adding value to our lives yeah yeah but it may not add value to yours but that's way later in this episode okay we're gonna do the added value segment i was at target actually ella was at target and uh, that meme was really popular at the time. It probably wouldn't land as well now, but people would go around looking at other people's shoes, and if they had you messed up kicks on, they would say, what are those? And, and it became this whole online meme. Well, Ella was two at the time, and, and she's in Target, and these two college kids are walking by, like down the shampoo aisle. And all of a sudden, she just looks over at them and points at one of the kids' sneakers, a college kid's sneakers, and just says, what are those? <laughs> and these kids, like, they just lost it because, you know, it's the, the, where, where cultural <laughs> memes are, are most prevalent is with, with the youths. With the youths. And, um, Perfect timing. Yes. Not yeah. just, like, right there in Target, but, like, it was in vogue. Yeah. It still is, kind of. Yeah. Actually, I had an idea this morning. I was, I was at the, uh, the sauna this morning, which we'll talk about in a second. And I had this idea of what if you went around and like tried to... It would be sort of this meta comedy, like where you went around and you, you tried to revive old memes that were no longer <laughs> in vogue. I would not watch that show. <laughs> It'd be hilarious if you had the right person. If it was like Ollie G or something. Oh, yeah. It, or like Borat. Right. Well, that's, that's the same. That, I know that is L.A.G., <laughs> but um, if he if he particularly 
did that bit as yeah. Borat, that would be great. Yeah, if Bor- <laughs> even if Borat did what are those, I mean, it would just be, <laughs> oh my God, that'd be so good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, let's see. We're, we're let's let's back. Oh yeah, so she doesn't get jokes, man. But but she she she'll make these accidental jokes that that are like Carlin level funny, <laughs> and and she doesn't even realize. And then she gets mad when I when I laugh at her. She's like, "Why are you laughing at me?" Because hilarity is ensuing, Ella. That's why <laughs> I'm laughing. I remember, uh, or I, I, I'm, I'm imagining Ella like saying something about the state of our country and religion. <laughs> Dude, she said, so, so she learned the word Donald Trump. That's two words. And then she also learned, learned the word tampon in the same day. <laughs> what? Just, you know, kids, I mean, kids are learning so many new words that it's, and so she heard the word Donald Trump on NPR come up. I don't think Ella has any particular, political views no i think she likes donald trump i think yeah yeah she well because there's that video of her that i have online she's like i want to hear donald trump yeah. she doesn't know who donald trump is but anyway uh this was during the election while the election was going on by the way i tweet all this stuff from her account she doesn't actually know how to use twitter yet but she has an account called at ella sandwich and uh so she says the craziest things where hilarity ensues i've got some that i haven't tweeted yet that i'll pull up here in a second because i sort of saved them on my phone i don't have twitter on my phone so i just saved it in the notes section and whenever i get to, to a computer i will tweet it for her but yeah th- there was one day where she just said donald trump is a tampon <laughs> you could have put anybody's name there right that would have been hilarious i think she likes trump because it sounds like this interesting sort of name it's not like right. It We're sounds, not getting political, folks. No, 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 no. Not on this one, at least. If you want to hear, we've done one politics episode ever. It was called Blame. You can go back. I think it's episode 37. It's a long, long time ago. But we're not doing anything, any politics today. We will stay politically neutral on air. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll be apolitical. By the way, let, let's, let's, let's. But behind the scenes, I'm <clears throat> voting for Daffy Duck. <laughs> hey, no, Ryan, Donald Duck. Hey, Ryan. Why, Donald why, Duck doesn't wear pants. I like his attitude. <laughs> why does Donald Duck have webbed feet? <laughs> Timing. Why, do, why are we talking about jokes? Uh, I, I don't know, man. But um, uh, yeah, follow at Ella Sandwich on Twitter and there will be plenty of jokes. So uh, here, here's one for you. She just said, uh, oh, what does irresponsible mean? She just looked up at me and said, Josh, what does irresponsible mean? Here's uh, one that says, I want chemicals on my body. <laughs> I don't know why she doesn't realize how funny these are. Uh, she looked at me the other day and she goes, Josh, I have a special body and you do not. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sleep with my mouth open sometimes. Anyway, yeah. Some I my think fa- my, fa- my favorite so far is the uh, when I eat this chocolate, it makes me want to eat more chocolate. All this chocolate makes me want to eat more chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, she's I the best. I can totally relate with this kid. <laughs> she is the best. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, you can find all it's, it's the way that we catalog her childhood. It's not a scrapbook. It's one tweet at a time. Anyway, I was in the sauna this morning because I have mercury poisoning, like really, really bad mercury poisoning. Yeah. What is it? So it's, it's so, so how how do they measure it? And where are you at on the scale? So I'm at 96 percentile. Uh, so only 4% of the people in the United States, according to the CDC, have more mercury in their blood than me. Oh, wow. And now there are two reasons that I do. One is I have these damn metal amalgams in my mouth, which I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting those taken out in October. 
Uh, I couldn't do it in the middle of tour because it would mess some stuff up. And so we're take we have a bit of a break in October, like a three week break. And so I'm going to get them removed then. Um, and they have to do all these precautions. They have to put this like rubber stopper. They have to use all this extra suction because what's happening. And I have to stop chewing gum right now too, which oh, you know dude. me, I'm addicted to gum. Yeah. Uh, it's leaching into my body. So that's part of it. But they're able to measure the difference between the amalgams and then all the fish that I eat, which I eat way too much fish. I have to stop eating all fish except for wild planet sardines. Um, and, and why wild planet sardines? Because they don't have any of the arsenic in the cans. Yeah. Because um, it's like they're farm raised. But yeah. It's like sustainable farming. Yes. No arsenic, no mercury. Right. Yeah. Right. And then I also have something called strontium poisoning. Oh, my goodness. My hear, blood is made po- up of strontium, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> they, they, here, here's how, how bad is it? <laughs> 99.9%. Jesus. Uh, and So there's 0.1% people yeah, yeah. in the United States. There's like a guy. A guy. <laughs> there's a guy that has more strontium. He's dead. In his... In his <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah. And so, um, part of that has to what do, what the hell is strontium? It sounds ha- like some it, kind of like comic book metal. It's a, it is. I mean, and I, so I have, I have some lead, I have some, uh, cadmium, I have, uh, some arsenic as well. Not high in, they're not panic levels, but so I have to do this, uh, chelation therapy, but it removes all the heavy metals, but also removes the good, the, oh, the, the good metals like zinc and iron. selenium and iron and and so uh, while I'm I'm sort of purging this from my body. What do they do? They just like hook you up to like a big magnet machine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pull it all out of your pores. <laughs> um, I wish it was that easy. No, I have like these six different things. I'm I'm working with the team at, at NourishBalanceThrive.com. Uh, Chris over there is truly amazing. If if you're going, if you need some sort of testing, blood tests, and other stuff. Uh, he can order all of it for you. He can he consult consults with you. And again, not an advertisement. He's just been so great working with me over the last year. I uh, uh, man, nourishbalancethrive.com. I couldn't sing his praises enough. He and and Dr. Tommy Woods over there. They're they're really helping out with all the stuff. They fixed my gut. Uh, I no longer have leaky gut. I no longer have C diff. My bacteria levels are ideal. I have. Oh nice. I mean, they do all the stool tests, urine tests. I've I've done more tests. There's been more more shit and piss all over my apartment uh, because you they're at home testing um, oh, than, uh, than ever before. And b- boy, before there was a lot. So <laughs> Ryan's wincing right now. <laughs> anyway, um, I've, I've, I've done so many uh, tests and finally we had to fix my gut before we could even do the heavy metals test because if you have a leaky gut, you, there's nothing you can really do to purge the heavy metals because it'll get into your, you know, your bloodstream via the gut. It'll, and so um, we finally did the heavy metals test a year into it and man, I... So what is strontium? It's str- a metal. It is a metal, but it, there's a supplement I take because I have, my, I have a bad back and bad knees. Yeah. Uh, I, I take something called Strombone which has strontium in it. It's oh. a strontium supplement. So I have to obviously stop taking that immediately. Oh, snap. Um, and I have stopped taking it. But then I'm going through, I have to get the amalgams taken out. I'm doing chelation therapy. And part of that chelation therapy is, I, I, so I took niacin this morning. I got up at 5 a.m., 4.30, um, and took a niacin pill, 100 milligrams. I've never taken niacin before, but it, So today was your first time? First time ever. Within half, and then, so I can't just go straight to the sauna, which, by the way, you go that early, and it's like 210 degrees. It's great, man. And, but I have to work out before. 
And then I have to do an hour in the sauna. So I have to work out before. Then take niacin. No, I take niacin, okay. work out. Work out, then sauna. And as I'm working out, I started feeling these tingles like everywhere Dude. on the arms, my my head, my forehead was just tingling like yeah. crazy. It, like it burns almost, man. Almost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't painful at all, but it was just, it's this weird, weird feeling. It's like my whole body was like, you know, when you like, uh, sit on your hand or something, or you're laid on your arm funny, and you, you it starts tingling. Yeah, my whole body was kind of like that, like falls man. asleep. Dude, I've I've taken it before. Um, just uh, I forget why. Like um, just to see the look on my face. That's right. No, it was like some part of some cleansing diet I was on or something. Sure. Yeah. And dude, <clears throat> there's this uh, there's a show called Workaholics. Mm-hmm. Common, I think it's they're I've off. Heard about it. Either they're off the air or, or they're on their last season right now. Um, but they had this whole episode where they were taking niacin and the way that it reacts to their body is exaggerated, like, you know, cause it's a comedy show, Yeah. but that's exactly what my body did dude. Like when I took it, it was, I had rashes on my arms, like my, I had any rashes yet. My face dude looked like, looks like it just, it just looked like, I don't like, I had a really bad sunburn. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. It looked like everywhere was a really bad sunburn. Oh no, I haven't had that. But so I, I, I might, maybe I took, maybe I took too much. That could have been what it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I took hundred milligrams and then I, you know, so I have to do this anytime I'm going to take a, a sauna, but I'm doing all these other recovery pills and all this other stuff. Basically what, what's trying to happen here, what I'm trying to do is detoxing from heavy metal poisoning is mm-hmm. really difficult because it gets stored in your fat cells. Mm. And then one of the ways to do it, so I'm fasting right now as well. So I'm fasting, I took niacin, I exercised really heavily, a bunch of pull-ups, bunch of push-ups, I ran. You don't ever see me running. Wow. And then I got into the sauna for an hour, split by one five-minute shower, a really cold shower in between. And, and man, like the tingling, like I feel super zinned out right now, actually. Um, because I, I'm, I do saunas regularly, but man, I'm just trying, what I'm trying to do is sweat it all out. Mm. And then I can't eat for at least several hours after that. But then also one of the things he recommended is doing a ketogenic diet, which we just talked about on the nostalgia podcast, episode 91. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking a lot more into the ketogenic diet cause I want to avoid the keto flu, but I, I started it yesterday. And, oh, you uh, did start the ketogenic diet. Yeah, I started it yesterday, and uh, I'm not doing the full four to one ratio. So Dude, if I had meal plans, like I need something prescribed to me, yeah. Because like to, to for me to be like, oh, you can have some, you can have some nuts, you can have some sardines, you can have some ice cream, you can have. You can't s- really do ice cream. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I was listening to that Joe Rogan podcast with yeah, yeah. yeah with uh with doctor what is his uh, name dom diagostino yeah, yeah episode yeah. 994 yeah and uh like mariah and i were just listening to that yesterday we were walking and and uh taking that in and he was like yeah i eat cheese every day just like a little bit it'll keep me out of ketosis so it's like yeah. i know that if i start flirting with cheats yeah that like it's well you, be a waste. you measure it you measure your blood every day so you yeah. know whether or not you're in ketosis or not if yeah. you're above 0.5 millimolar millimolars then you are in ketosis Here, here's the thing though the reason i'm doing it isn't for like a lot of the the, the benefits some people do because they get super shredded or, or whatever no, it, or, it, or other people do it because of cancer prevention because um it's it's or cancer fighting cancer as well mm-hmm. so preventing or fighting cancer um or epilepsy was a big one uh, but the the reason I'm doing it is I'm trying to expel a certain amount of fat. You know, I, I have a relatively low body fat percentage, but um, but the the fat is where all of the heavy metals are stored in in my blood, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
I have to get rid of as much of that as possible. So the niacin will help with that, but then fasting and then uh, uh, doing a ketogenic diet where your body starts burning fat instead of burning glucose from carbs and from protein. I'm not doing the four, the full four to one ratio. So four to one ratio, I mean, you have four grams of fat for every one gra combined gram of carbs and protein. Mm -hmm. So it's a low protein, low carb diet, high, high fat, fat diet. Yeah. And uh, so what did you eat yesterday? What was your, I had, um, I, I, so the only sort of carbs that I had that weren't leafy greens was a fourth of a beet. And um, I had, um, so I, I had a shake or a smoothie in the morning and there was a bag of kale in it. Um, there was three tablespoons of coconut oil, like uh, MCT oil or uh, brain octane oil, and uh, an entire avocado. Oh, wow. And, Bag of uh, kale, avocado, yeah. MCT oil. A, a this is your smoothie. Yeah, a, a quarter <laughs> of a beet. Okay. And um, some, what's this, the stevia, the sweetener. Oh, okay. Um, a giant tablespoon of organic cacao powder. Okay. Uh, there's no sh carbs or sugar in that. I uh, know there's, there's a few carbs uh, and there's, there's, there's no added sugar. Um, and then um, I had a can of sardines, which is, and I had all the oil in it as well. Dude, that podcast, was, he was like, dude, a can of sardines is such a treat for me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I want to get to that point. Well, yeah. I love sardines. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're fine. Um, and then I had for dinner, I had a giant salad with a ton of olive oil and uh, olives and peppers and um, a big piece of chicken. Um, and that was pretty much it, man. Nice. Um, are you I, doing any of the supplements that he was recommending? So I'm, I'm using an app. I'm not, I've, I've not done the exogenous ketones yet. I'm looking into that this week. Uh, but there's this new app that I'm using to, to track all my calories. And is it, I, I'm is it getting, the, one, the avatar one that he recommended? No, it's not the avatar one. That one was not as good, nearly as good as this one called my fitness pal, which under armor ah, actually owns now. Okay. But I've got the free version, but you can track all your calories. So I'm still getting 2,300 calories, but most of it's from fat and I feel hungry, man. Like I, because I'm well, still, you, my you, body's like, give me some, give me some carbs. Right. I need some carbs immediately. Yeah. So you mentioned the, the, uh, the ketogenic flu earlier. Yeah. The it, keto it, flu, it, they call it. So the keto flu is, um, basically it's this two week period where you're, you're basically withdrawing from carbs. You feel like you have flu. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you were saying you were doing what to minimize it? Uh, two to one ratio instead of four to one ratio. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And, uh, I'm going to be playing around with it. And if, uh, if I get the keto flu on the road, I'm going to have to go back to getting some carbs in my diet and, and playing around with it. Tracking it's going to be really important, but I'll have Beck start to, so, and she'll probably put this on her blog, minimalwellness.com as well. Um, I'm going to have her put together a meal plan for me. And if you, I mean, if you're interested yeah, in something dude. like that. <clears throat> no, Mariah and I, we want to, we want to do this diet. Okay. Cause it'll help. Yeah. Cause it'll help with some of the stuff she has going on too. Yeah. You just want to get really extreme with it. But, um, and by the way, we, we are not, scientists we're not recommending this to anyone no, in fact, we're even, not nutritionists yeah even in that interview with rogan uh he was saying how um you know this is not for everyone right yeah right and and for me like it, it wasn't for me either until i knew that i had this mercury poison and i'm willing to do i'm willing to, to sacrifice the carbs so that i can 
man, I got to expel this mercury from my body. And uh, it's so high right now. My, my strontium levels too. My, my strontium level, 61 is considered poisonous. Uh, and I, <laughs> my strontium level was 810. Good God. 810. That so, is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, I'm working really hard, whether it's the chelation therapy and, and everything with Nourish, Balance, Thrive, and, and Chris's team over there, uh, ketogenic diet, removing the amalgams from my mouth, and I've already fixed my gut before doing this. And so, so the amalgams, does that cause strontium poisoning as well? No, it's mercury. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, let's see. Uh, oh, we're moving somewhere, but we're not going to tell you where just yet. To be continued. This is episode 94. So the next episode is episode 95. We've been in Montana, Ryan, for the last five years. Uh, we've traveled a lot during then, obviously. Uh, let's give them a little bit of a teaser. We're moving to one of the 40 cities that we had a tour stop in this year. <laughs> That's accurate, right? <coughs> That is accurate. That's somewhere in North America, the U.S. or Canada. We are moving to one of those cities, and we're going to talk all about it. Uh, we're doing an episode called Relocating next week, episode 95. So go ahead and subscribe to our podcast if you don't already on iTunes or Stitcher or YouTube. or Where do kids listen to podcasts? Spotify. We're on <laughs> Spotify even. We're on the NPR One app for those of you who are sophisticated and have, the, have NPR as your, your main place to go. Uh, wherever you subscribe, uh, then yeah, well, next week we'll be talking about where we are moving. And again, it's one of the cities that we've been on tour in this past year. Speaking of tour, Ryan and I are hitting the road once again. When does this episode come out, Ryan? This episode comes out on, this one's budget, the 29th. Oh, man. So in, in two days, Ryan, our first tour stop in Canada uh, this year. We're doing six cities in Canada starting August, uh, August 31st. We're going to be in Toronto. Now that might already be sold out by the time you're listening to this. <laughs> it's sold out twice already. Yeah. And we've gotten a larger theater and this is the last time though. We're not going to keep upgrading, right? <laughs> right. We're not going to be in a, uh, in a Superdome or something. No. Do they have a Superdome? In Toronto? Yeah. yeah. Of course Isn't they do. Isn't that where the Superdome is? <laughs> I have no idea. The New Orleans Superdome is in Toronto, right? <laughs> We're going to be in Toronto, um, and we're, we have six cities in Canada. I'll just go through these really quickly. Uh, Ottawa, Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. Some of those are already sold out. Less than a dozen or so tickets in, in most of those cities uh, by the time this comes out. So go to lessisnow.com. It's called the Less Is Now Tour. And then from, uh, from Canada, we're headed to New York City. We've got three stops in New York. Two of those are sold out. We added a new stop in Brooklyn, and uh, we've got some special guests on all of these. Uh, Philadelphia, we're going to be, I shouldn't say we have special guests at all of them. We have special guests at a lot of these events, uh, including that, that new Brooklyn stop that we added. And then uh, we're going to head over to the Mountain States after Philadelphia and New York City. We're headed to Salt Lake City, Denver, and Phoenix. Some special guests there. Denver might be sold out already. And then down to Texas. Austin, Texas is sold out. Dallas and Houston, there are still some tickets left. Nashville, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Tampa might be sold out already. And then Detroit and Milwaukee, a bunch of different cities. Less is now tour. Uh, you can just go to lessisnow.com. And we're going to give a live talk about minimalism. And then we're going to record a live version of this podcast, dish out a bunch of free hugs, answer all of your questions while you are there as well. All right. Uh, what else do I have here and right here right now? Oh, I'm teaching a, another writing workshop. It's my last writing workshop of the year. I've done two others this year. 
Uh, this one will sell out. It is October 22nd. What I've done is I've taken my four-week online writing class, distilled it down into the, the essence in uh, two-plus hours of this live online workshop. You can find the details of that at howtowritebetter.org. I take uh, everything that I've learned about uh, writing, all the books that I've read, all the classes that I have taught over the years about writing, and try to give you at least some pointers, some direction on how to write better in a two-hour period. Howtowritebetter.org. Oh, when this comes out, Ryan, this this podcast is coming out. <laughs> we said the 29th. Yes. Man, that means we will already have been at the Academy of Podcasting Awards. Man, can you believe we won? <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. It was so great. Josh just got up there and dropped the microphone. <laughs> I got up there and said advertisements suck and dropped the microphone. Yeah. Speaking of advertisements sucking, if you want to support the podcast, keep it 100% advertisement free, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the minimalists or just go to the minimalists.com and click on the donate button. We're doing a bunch of f bonus episodes and those are free for, for you all as well. A bunch of bonus episodes uh, for exclusively for our Patreon supporters. So we're doing bonus podcast episodes. We're doing something called weightlifting with the minimalists where we dive into a lot of different questions about the stuff, the material possessions that are weighing you down. We're also doing a Patreon exclusive, Ask the Minimalists Anything. We're doing live streams. By the way, any of that support, if you're supporting us on Patreon, none of that money goes to me or to Ryan. It goes to building this podcast and film studio that we're working on, and we really appreciate your support. It's because of you that we're able to do this 100% advertisement free, and then we want to thank you by giving you a bunch of extra meaningful creations over there on Patreon. And oh, by the way, if you're a Patreon supporter, you'll be the first to hear about new tour stops that we're announcing. We're headed over to Australia and New Zealand really soon. Uh, but the first people to know about that are going to be the folks who listen to this podcast and support us on Patreon because the tickets will be available to our Patreon supporters before they go on sale to the, to the general public. Do I have anything else going on right now, Ryan? Do you have anything else going on? No, man. We should probably let's move on with it. We should probably dive in then to this episode about budgeting. I'll tell you what, I've got to pee really quick. Let's let's take a quick bathroom break. Hey, Sean. Oh, dude. No, I, I was going to recommend something for Sean to do, but you, you, what's your recommendation? I want to hear yours first and then I was we'll just fight gonna, over it. I was going to tell him to put some cheesy elevator music in. Like, <laughs> do, 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 do. How about some good music? Do, 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 do. So I've been raving about this Brother Cephas oh, yeah. EP that came out. That'd be much better than elevator music. <laughs> it is so much better than elevator music. We played a song at the end of our Nostalgia podcast. Let's go ahead and insert in the middle of this podcast... They got a song called Gotta Have It. It's almost the opposite of our theme song, but it's almost satire on this feeling of, of having to have something. Like, what's that feeling where you just have to have it right now? Mm -hmm. And it's almost mocking that in a way, but it's a beautiful song. So while we take a bathroom break, have a listen to Gotta Have It by Brother Cephas. We'll put a link to their EP in the show notes as well. I am a charmer, I'm farther from wrong and you'll never know I am as quiet and calm as 
Let's dive into some of these voicemails, Ryan. We've got some questions about budgeting. 
which will be interesting because did you just say budge hetting isn't that what you prepared for the budge hetting <laughs> <laughs> wait wait what, what episode is this say cool whip <laughs> 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 all right, all right, all right, all right. Dark chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> all right, our first question is from now. Oh wait, so I wrote down her name phonetically, uh, Alana. Our first question is from Alana in San Diego, California. I noticed that you were talking about Dave Ramsey in one of your previous podcasts, and I just wanted to know. I've listened to him for a while. He's fantastic, brilliant. I just wanted to know what your perspective on credit is. So Dave Ramsey, I know, is all about no credit, absolutely not. It doesn't help you in any way. Don't get a house loan. And if you do, even with no credit, it's better than bad credit. Um, but I just kind of wanted to know what you guys thought about credit. All right, Ryan. So, so, so Dave Ramsey says that... You sh- that your credit score doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, it's one of the things that was hard for me to adapt to at first. But Yeah, I, because to sit here and sit, cause he has a credit score of zero. Right. We, and to recommend that for everyone sounds really crazy. I, I do recommend it for everyone, but I'm, I know I'm a lot more hardline than you on a lot of stuff with respect to budgeting. Well, no, I'm not res- saying that I wouldn't recommend it. I'm just saying recommending it sounds insane. Well, especially because we've been acculturated. Dude, to- this, whole, this whole country is ran on credit, man. You hear advertisements from, that say, fix your credit. From consumer debt to government debt to, to, I guess, foreign debt would be the same thing. But I mean, this whole country is where the world runs on credit. I'm like, are there any countries out there who were like net zero? I don't know, man. I'm sure there are some Middle Eastern con- countries sure. where, where. Oh, yeah, like Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah, yeah. Where they have huge, huge surpluses. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but for all intents and purposes, like the world runs on credit. Yeah, yeah. But it's not credit, is the problem, right? It's, right. Not, it's not a credit score, it's a debt score. Right. It's, they all run on debt. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we use this term credit. Like we say credit card or what's your credit score. But maybe if we were just to flip it around, use different nomenclature and we say, what's your debt score? What's your, uh, what's your uh, debt car payment? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, or what's your debt payment for your car? Yeah. She asked, is credit good or bad? And, and my answer to you is it's not necessarily good or bad. It's unnecessary. And I'm running into this recently. Now I do have a credit score, uh, full disclosure here because I have a, a business credit card that is attached to my name and so but it's something we pay off every single month and 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 therefore i don't have a zero credit score i don't have i'm sure my credit score i don't i have no idea what my credit score is because it doesn't matter to me but here's what i'll say there there are uh, if i look at i think no credit score having a zero credit score it's not even a zero it's just not having a credit score right it's it's Mm -hmm. it's it's not playing the game that's probably your best, most ideal scenario, having no credit score whatsoever. And I'll talk about why here in a second. But I think beyond that, it, it's better to have a good credit score than to have a bad credit score. Of course. So if you, you were to list them in sort of descending order, no credit score is best. If, it were, uh, if we're going, uh, and then after that, it's having a good credit score is better than the third option, which is having a bad credit score. So yes, if you have a bad credit score, you may just want to bypass the trying to fix it 
and I'm going to have a good credit score. No, you want no credit score. And that has to do with paying off debt, not having any revolving debts, and then and then working toward um, working working toward the a scenario where you never have to use credit again. Now, and, zero credit score though is wouldn't that be considered a bad credit score though? No, 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 it's not a zero. It is no credit score. So having no credit wouldn't that be wouldn't that be considered having bad credit? Like when I no, think no, no, no. When it, I, well, when I think about like when we were managing um, retail stores, sure, we did a credit check. Yes, for people who wanted cell phones, exactly. Someone who had bad credit versus someone who had no credit, they uh-huh. both came back as a, I think it was like a $400 deposit or something. Right, right. But then, of course, what, what did we have? For the people who had no credit score show up whatsoever, we had a review process. Mm, that's right. And and I'm finding this now with, so we are moving really soon. We're not telling you where just yet, but um, when I'm out house hunting, right? It's, it's or apartment hunting, really. Home hunting, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it is, yeah. yeah it, I'm, I'm finding that... You know, people are going to ask what you they ask about credit score and everything, but it's much more about can I afford this place? Right. That that's the real question that they're asking. Right now, there are people who make ten thousand dollars a year, have massive amounts of debt, and can have a good credit score because they're playing the game. Mm-hmm. But if you make ten thousand dollars a year and you want to rent a place that is a thousand dollars a month, wait a minute. How are you going to afford this? You mm-hmm. can't. And so an apartment complex or a individual who's renting a house to you or whatever, they're not going to they're not going to rent a house to you just because you have a great credit score. It's about having these individual conversations with with people. And so I've been talking to the homeowner of of the place that I'm looking to rent right now, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about on the next episode. And uh, you have to be able to justify: Can I afford living in this place? To that person, I have to justify it to myself first, obviously. And, and then you, you have to be able to say, well, here is my income. And if you can prove what your income is, then your credit score becomes less relevant. But there are ne- there's never a time I'm going to go into debt. Right. Again, me personally. Right. So when someone does look up your credit, because, I mean, a credit report is still a very viable thing. I have a credit report right, right. now because I so, don't have no I, – I, I don't have – no credit score. Yeah. So, so when someone looks up your your credit, and you did have, no, and you had no credit score, you still have credit history, so they can tell, like, okay, you're making this amount of income. You won't and have you credit have, history. That's the thing. That the, so the thing Dave Ramsey talks about. You won't actually have a credit report. Won't come back for you eventually. But it will. Okay. So what a credit report? It will come back, but no. it, but but it would but it would show basically that you have no credit. Like you have no debts. Essentially, you're you're not paying off. Because that's what a credit report does. A, it gives you a credit score, right. but it goes much deeper than that. It shows you all of the, the it shows all the debts that one has. Sure, it shows all the late payments that one has. Yeah, it shows so it shows all that stuff. So eventually, if it, if it doesn't come back, what that says to this homeowner is, okay, Josh makes X amount of dollars each year, and I know he has no. He's not thinning himself out with all the money that he's making. Right. Now, he, now, now the credit report itself isn't going to show how much money I make. I have to be able to prove no, that. No, through, no, no. But what it's going to show is, are you getting in over your head? Right. Because they'll be able to compare that to what your you know, previous year's tax return is, your pay stub, or right. your bank account. By the way, they ask for all these things. When mm-hmm. when I was uh, applying for this house that I'm trying to get into, um, they they asked like okay now I need to see your last two months of bank statements okay here mm-hmm. they are I need to see last year's tax return because I I don't have a, a 
bi-weekly paycheck. That's mm-hmm. it, it, they, they asked for either your last several pay, pay stubs. And basically they're saying, I need to be able to justify renting you this place. And the red flag would be if I had bad credit, not if I had okay credit or I had... Right. Because bad credit means I don't pay my debts. Right. No credit score means... It means you have debts and you're not paying them. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> and, and if you look at my report right now, the only thing you'll ever see there is that one business card that, that I pay off every single month. And so that, that's all they'll see on my, my credit report. So my I'm not playing the game, so my score probably isn't you know, 820 or whatever the highest one is. But my point is, that doesn't matter. I don't have a bad credit report. Ideally, I'd like to have no credit report whatsoever, and maybe I'll change that in the future. But right now, it, it doesn't matter to me as long as I don't have anything bad. Now, I also have identity theft protection. I also have my credit report frozen. So when they went to go run my credit, I had to like call up TransUnion and unfreeze my credit report. We'll put a link to some resources if you want to freeze your credit. That way, if you, I tell you what, it, it, Ryan, if you were... Uh, go to going to apply for a car loan or something, or we would have this when we worked in, in the corporate world, we ran someone's credit, their credit score would be frozen. That means that other people can't open up accounts in your name. Mm-hmm. And that's why my, I have my credit frozen because I'm never going to run a credit report unless I'm applying for a house or a cell phone or something. One of these you know, very rare exceptions. When I say applying for a house, I mean to rent a house. Mm-hmm. And, um, Personally, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want a mortgage either. I, and again, I'm. I'm not criticizing anyone who does have a mortgage, but you need to be able to afford the not just the monthly payment on the mortgage. But for me, if I were to ever decide to go that route, I would want to be able to put 50% down. And I can't afford that right now. Put 50% down on a home and then be able to pay it off in seven years. I want a seven-year fixed-rate mortgage. Um, I could see doing it in 15. We're one of only three countries that has I'm sorry, two countries that has a 30 year fixed rate mortgage. Do you know what mortgage means? What's that? It means death contract. Oh, that's right. Like it roots back to death contract. <sighs> so yeah, think about that for a second. I mean, I'm 36 years old. If I were to get a 30 year fixed rate mortgage right now, I'd be 66. I don't, I have no idea. <laughs> I loved uh, Dr. Christopher Ryan's idea. <laughs> the perfect life. Definitely not recommending this, but it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. No, where he, he talked about, uh, so we were on Dr. Christopher Ryan's podcast and he talked. It's called to- Tangentially Speaking. Yes, uh, great podcast if, if you've never listened to it. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. But uh, yeah, he was like, well, isn't like the perfect ideal life is racking up as much credit as you can, like buying a house at 80 years old because I don't know how old he is, 50 or 55. He's 50, 55. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, but you know, when I'm 60 or 70, he's like, don't give me a 30 year mortgage. Mm-hmm. He's like, so the idea <laughs> <laughs> is to rack up as much credit as you can and then die. Yeah. But the problem is, is then like the reason why you shouldn't do that. A, it's uh, disingenuous. It is um, morally wrong, Yeah, morally wrong. But also that debt would transfer over to family if there's any like direct family like there are there are ways that you could really damage someone else's uh credit if if doing that but i thought it was he was obviously he was was, joking he was joking yes it was a funny joke and so so i like funny jokes to, to to just wrap up this question is is uh credit good or bad no. Well, it's unnecessary. Yeah. I, well, here, I'll be 
I think why you and I work so well together. Be the white devil's advocate, Ryan. No, it's not about being the devil's advocate, although I like to do that a lot. But I think that I am kind of like the voice of reason a lot of times because you are super strict. (laughs) Because I'm so emotional. (laughs) That's just it because you're Uh non-emotional. So you can take emotion, put that aside, Uh um, and you're very very strict with diet. You're very strict with... Um, you know, your junk drawer doesn't look like junk. Like it's the most organized junk drawer I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and you're very strict when it comes to these rules. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to be the voice of reason just for a second. Yeah. What I'll say is you're actually the voice of emotion here, but go ahead. Okay. The voice of emotion. Thank you, friend. <laughs> um, the, the thing is, is that I agree with you 100%. Like it is unnecessary if you are making very deliberate decisions. <laughs> if you are uh, planning ahead, you are not. It's like people need a car to go to work, but they don't have to have a $20,000 car loan so they can have a super nice car to ride to work in. Right. They could go buy a $1,000, $2,000 car right. and then save up for a nicer car if that's what they want to do. Yes. But what I will say is that you know credit, is it good or bad? Yes, it's unnecessary. It is still a tool. It is what it is it's a it's a it's a tool i hate to use like have you ever used a jackhammer millie yeah dude it sucks i hate using a jackhammer Mm -hmm. but sometimes sometimes it's necessary yeah so i guess i'll just you know i'll leave it at that with with my two cents when's it necessary um oh man uh well i i think it's it's to each their own i mean i could give you when it would be okay for me like if I was... When would it be necessary I'll, for I'll you? T- okay. When I was 18 years old, my dad had like college, like the end of the world was going to come. There's no reason for me to go to college. Right. So um, there was no savings for college. Mm-hmm. He certainly could not afford to put me through college. Right. Um, if I wanted to you know, be a brain surgeon, I got to go to college for that. Right. So... There are ways to get around it for free, and yeah. there are people who have absolutely done it. Yeah. Um, but there, there might be a scenario where it's like, okay, taking one of these subsidized loans. But what's that scenario? Um, if you can't get your entire tuition covered, yeah. I know some people have done it, but for to, to for me to say that a hundred percent of the people who want to be brain surgeons could go through brain surgeon school for free, yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's that's, not, a, that's absurd to think that. That's all I'm saying, and and that's not going to happen. And right. It, so that's what I'm saying. If I wanted to be a brain surgeon and I wanted to put myself through school, and I wasn't able to get a hundred percent of it covered, maybe I'm able to get fifty percent of it covered through t- uh, you know tuition and grants and so forth and so on. Right. Um. Then then I could see myself taking out like a subsidized loan or something. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't, and here's why. I think that. When, when you talk about that, 100% of brain surgeons going through med school, no, most of them are going to get loans. There's no question about that. That's just statistics. That doesn't mean that we have to follow the same path that everyone else follows. What I'm right. saying is, is there a brain surgeon who, who made it through all of college and left debt-free? The answer is unequivocally yes. Yes. So you have a recipe. Most people aren't going to follow the recipe. Right. But And that's my point is that 100% of the people who want to be brain surgeons are not going to be able to follow that recipe. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. That's that's irrelevant. What's relevant is that there is a recipe that you can follow. Just because other people aren't going to follow the recipe doesn't mean that you don't have to. There is a recipe out there that you can follow. You don't have to get into debt. It doesn't... I, I can't think of one scenario 
I'm open to the idea of scenarios uh, where you can and and debt will be extremely helpful. The the one that stands out that you use sometimes where you talk about Mark Zuckerberg, who took took out a you know thirty year fixed rate mortgage on his mansion on his ten million twenty million dollar mansion because he has the because that twenty thirty million dollars whatever it is he can leverage that to make six percent on average just in indexes index funds yeah so he can put that money in index fund but the the key for him is he can afford to do that because he's rich enough yeah if you so if you <laughs> have the four hundred thousand dollars it takes to get through med school and you'd rather invest it elsewhere and then get the student loans because you have that money sit uh, sitting somewhere in some other account that you know you can pay off yeah i get that if, if we're talking about leveraging but i think the only time you can afford debt is if you can afford debt i guess what i'm trying to do here is i really don't want our listeners because every single one of them not every single one of them but yeah. the majority of them are in debt right now yeah and I, I, and, and and you know what Josh and I, yeah exactly well they're not they're all americans uh 53% of you are Americans. <laughs> the other 47% are in the other 192 countries. We're not trying to make you feel bad about having debt. What we're trying to do here is challenge you to become debt-free and to leverage, to, or not to leverage debt, but to to not look as debt as leveraging for a better life, Yeah. but to really look at how not using this tool would, will actually help you live a more meaningful life. I'm, so that's the only reason why I'm trying to be the voice of reason here. Yeah, the yeah. voice of emotion. <laughs> Clearly, I mean, that, that's the thing is you don't want people to feel bad. Yeah. So that's the voice of emotion. Right. Here, here's what I'll say. I do want people to feel bad. If you have debt, I want you to feel <laughs> bad about it. And, and But here's why. Not because I don't care about you. No, it's because I do care about you. And I want you to get out of debt because experiencing financial freedom, it opens up so many other avenues for you. And in the meantime, I want you to feel some pain. I want you to feel a lot of pain around this debt because I want you to put a, a plan together to start paying off the debt. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just thought of another excuse as to why I would use debt. That's a great word. Go ahead. <laughs> what? Excuse or debt? <laughs> <laughs> when um, used together, I think it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, if I had a home, 100% yeah. paid off, Yeah. and my kid got... I don't know, kidney cancer. Yeah. They need a kidney transplant. Mm -hmm. uh, no, don't go into debt. Just let him, let him go. Right. I would probably take out a second more or not a second mortgage, but I would probably take out, you know, an equity loan on my home yeah. to pay for a kid's surgery. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so I, but, but you know what, this is an extreme example. Sure. And to your point, if you really, if one really challenges themselves to not use credit, there are going to be very, very few excuses to go into debt. They're yeah. gonna be extreme, they're gonna be extreme cases. And, and th so when you say extreme, let, let's just change that word a little bit. Let's say emergencies. Yeah. It, yeah. When, it, w is there ever a time where you're like shopping at Banana Republic and you have to buy that, <laughs> that shirt on emergency? Yeah, if you're putting, if you're putting clothes on a credit card or, uh, and you're going into debt for it, or if you're putting, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like they're, yes. Yeah. So Th that is not an emergency. So so if you have an emergency, that that makes sense to me. But here's the other thing. Let's try to mitigate those emergencies as much as possible. Absolutely. And uh, most emergencies aren't. Didn't we write a whole essay on that? We sure did. <laughs> we'll put a link to that one in, in the show notes. Most emergencies aren't. We treat everything like everything's on fire all the time. I remember where we used to work, man. Like oh, everything man. was just constantly putting out a fire. It was reactionary. And so let's stop reacting. And let's be a bit more proactive with, with how we're spending our time, our resources, our money, our attention. And part of that has to do with planning accordingly. Like 
of course, you you want to have catastrophic health insurance for if if there is some sort of procedure that you need, so that you're not going. I mean, medical debt is uh, is one of the, the the reasons that people go bankrupt. One right. of the biggest reasons that people go bankrupt is because they they have all this debt that they've piled up via medical bills because true emergencies happen and we need to plan for the emergencies before they happen because there are such things as true emergencies. And so it doesn't mean that we have to have the, 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 the best Cadillac insurance plan that everything is covered. Every single, single doctor's visit. No, 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 no. My insurance is high deductible, but everything above $6,600 a year for me is, is covered. Uh, once I pay that deductible, now I have enough money in my emergency fund, emergency fund right. that I could pay that $6,600 if I had to. Right. And uh, I think that's important. And, and you don't have to be a millionaire. I'm certainly not to, to have an emergency fund set aside. And so I want to give two other resources here for Alana. We have an essay. If you're in debt right now, anyone listening to this, it's called Financial Freedom, Five Difficult Steps to Get Out of Debt. Now, you know me. I hate listicles. And, and so it's not, it's not just, hey, here's five simple steps for you to get out of debt. No, this, this was intentionally five difficult steps to get out of debt. This is the, the process that you and I followed, Ryan, to get out of debt. So if you want to see exactly how Ryan and I got out of debt, and it took four or five years to yeah. do it. And I'll tell you, like right now, man, dude, my Corolla, 2004. I, Save that one for Jesse, who's Everyone next. knows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think. I think uh I'm, no, I'm going to use here because I want to use credit to get a new car. Okay. I, I really want a Tesla Model 3. Yeah. They're like 30000 bucks. Right. You got to put 1000 bucks down. Um, I don't even think they're uh, like if you get one right now, you can't you can't even get it till 2018. Okay. Um, but my point is, is like if I did that, I got the 1000 bucks. I said like I've started saving for one. Mm. Um, I got a 1000 bucks I could put down and then I could totally take out a loan. And I could afford that debt payment every single month. Right. But... That, oh. that, I'm glad you're calling a debt payment too. It's so so important. It's not a car payment. It's so, a debt payment. <laughs> Just to give you an idea where the where the Corolla is at right now, the radio does not work anymore. Uh huh. AC doesn't work anymore. Right. Like I get new tires on there. I mean, like there's so many. In the, my old self, when there was that many problems with the vehicle, because I already had a debt payment, I'm like. I might as well just trade this debt payment in for another debt payment. I'll upgrade my car payment. Right. Like it's going to cost me 2000 bucks to fix this stuff. I could just trade this car in and keep my, you know, $500 a month car payment going. Right. And uh, that was my old mentality. But sure. now it's like, I will get the AC fixed. Uh, I don't know if I get the radio fixed or not. I can get a Bluetooth speaker in there or something. Right. Um, but my point is, is like, I really am twitching to like just pull the trigger and like go get this car payment. But because I don't want to have a debt payment yeah. because I don't want to, I don't want to have, I don't want anyone to hold any type of contract over my head. Mm-hmm. Um, like I am willing to, uh, I want to say sacrifice. Maybe, I don't know if it's sacrifice or compromise. How yeah. About that? Compromise. But I mean, I, I kind of am depriving myself from a new car but I'm okay with that because it, it is a net, for me, it's a net positive to not take on that debt payment for the new car. You're depriving yourself of non-essentials. Yeah. And you know what, dude? I know I can save this money up in the next two years. Yeah. Like that's my plan is in the next two, maybe two and a half years, I'll have the money saved up to buy this car. What an important word though, plan. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the problem is that most of us, we want a boat. We go get, a, we're, we're like, oh man, yeah, I could get a boat in two and a half years, but I want it now. Right. So I'm going to get that debt payment. 
And oh, two man. and a half year comes around and you're like, I don't even like this boat right. anymore. But <laughs> I'm still paying for it. Right, exactly, exactly. So yeah, if, if you want a, a plan to get out of debt, it's called Financial Freedom, Five Difficult Steps to Get Out of Debt, Create a Simple Budget, Plan for the Future, and Regain Control of Your Finances. And uh, the five steps in there that we just sort of walk through, the first one is budget. And, and how you put things in the appropriate categories. Second one is pay yourself. Uh, talk about investments for the future. I also have a link to my retirement essay in there. You can see all of my bank accounts. Um, so this essay is uh, theminimalists.com slash freedom. And then if you want access to all my uh, retirement accounts, you can go to theminimalists.com slash retirement. There's a whole retirement planning article there. Uh, third step in this is becoming debt-free. We sort of walk people through that and how there's no such thing as good debt. I'll say that again. There's no such thing as good debt. Unless you're rich enough to afford it. And then it's not even debt, right? I mean, when you think about it, <laughs> it's true. If it, you're, it's in a weird way. I was talking to Bex about this over the weekend. It's sort of self-insurance. So remember the company we used to work for, a large, large corporation. And instead of having uh, law settlement insurance, like a lot of you know smaller, medium-sized firms would have, they had an entire bank account set aside or, or division set aside. They were self-insured. Uh, so that if they were sued, someone sued them and they won a you know, $50,000 judgment, they didn't have to go to Allstate or State Farm or whoever insures you know, people for these types of things. Instead, they were self-insured. And really what you're talking about, Mark Zuckerberg is self-insuring his mortgage in a way because right. he knows he can pay it off at any time. Uh, step four is minimize. We talk about minimalism and, and it not being deprivation, but sometimes temporary deprivation will get you to where you want to go a little bit faster. And the fifth step in there is about contribution, contributing beyond ourselves in a meaningful way. You can find that at theminimalists.com slash freedom. I would love to give a copy of our book, Alana. She said in her voicemail, Ryan, she said she was an auditory learner. So we, it just came out in audio book, six and a half hours. It's called Essential. There's 12 different chapters in, in this book, Essential. It's available as a book or an ebook, but we'll, it's also an Audible. So, Sean, if you have any Audible download codes, maybe you could send her a six-and-a-half-hour audiobook because one of the chapters in that book is about finances and budgeting. And I think, Alana, you will find uh, a lot of value in, in that chapter. Is that our longest audiobook? It is definitely our longest, yeah. yeah. So our, our, our shortest is minimalism, <laughs> not ironically. Very apropos. Yeah, yeah. So um, that one's like two and a half hours. Nice. And uh, it's our, our shortest book. Um, and it's out in Australia now, by the way. Uh, Minimalism, Live a Meaningful Life. And uh, the mid-tier, it's actually, it's, it's pretty close. It's over five hours. Everything That Remains, which is my favorite book out of everything that we have written. Our next question is from Jesse, Jesse in, in Illinois. Illinois. Jinx. Me and my partner five years ended up moving in um, with his parents, and I had a question in regards to moving in with relatives or moving in uh, with friends or roommates to possible to minimize uh, living expenses um, and to maximize um, to open up finances to do things like pay off debt um, and uh, to also be able to save and um, you know plan for. Uh, uh, whatever passions we want to uh, pursue in the future. Uh, another question I had was regarding um, in terms of paying off debt, what debt uh, should be uh, paid off in one order. An example is uh, we have a car note uh, and a car is something that we we need um, in order to work. Um, so should we focus on paying on things like car, notes, car note and student debt or 
things like um, parking tickets that may have gotten out of hand and other forms of debt that have just kind of collected along the way from being in a place where we couldn't really afford um, basic living expenses. All right, voice of emotion. It's going to be my new nickname. V-O-E. V-O-E. Bo. Jesse wants to know about paying off his parking tickets. <laughs> Should I pay off my car first or my parking tickets? <laughs> oh, Dude. Jesse. First, I wish... So, thankfully, we're building this new podcast studio, Ryan, because what I'd like to do right now is call Jesse. And there, there are a few questions I would ask him. The first one, I would ask him about his individual debts. But, but actually, even before that, I would ask him, how old are you? And, and because he has a lot of issues that a, a lot of young people have, people in their early 20s. And they're, they're contemplating, should I move back in with my relatives? I'm moving in with a partner. Do we like move into grandma's basement? And what do, what do you say to that? Because I think my voice of reason will be different from what you're saying. Uh, I think that, you know, living with mom isn't embarrassing if you're actually working towards something. Yeah, yeah it's like, not dude, embarrassing. I, <clears throat> no, or, or is, it, is it wrong? Like, dude, if I had the option yeah. of moving in with a relative to pay off a lot of debt, Yes. Like if I could get rid of, if I could sell, I'm just, you know, putting myself in a scenario here. I have a house. I got, you know, $1,200 mortgage or let's just call it a thousand dollar mortgage for simplicity's sake. Uh, If I could sell that house, move in with my grandma, save a thousand dollars a month. Right. And pay her like $200 a month. Right. Or even find an apartment that was like $400 a month. I mean, there are other things you can do besides moving in with grandma, but if that's going to, if that's going to make, if that's going to give me the most leverage with my, uh, with my dollars. Right. Then like there's I don't think there's any shame in it, man. What, yeah. What's what's when I see, you know, like what is it like your stereotypical guy who lives in his mom's basement that he's thirty three years got, old, right? His couch is made out of pizza boxes, and <laughs> <laughs> and like uh, there is no plan to move out, and they're just simply kind of skating by, working part time at you know whatever insert crazy part time job there. Yeah, they're a part time model. here's the thing right i i agree with you there shouldn't be any shame in this but you used a a word there that i will reiterate what's your plan you said you said plan so so the other question i would ask jesse here is how long and again once we have this this uh new podcasting studio we will start taking live callers on the air he was asking how long he is no, too- no, 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 I'm saying, oh. I'm saying how long, how long are you going to be there? If you're moving in with, I don't know who the relative is, but let's say it's grandma's basement yeah. with your partner. First off, that's going to put a, a strain on your relationship. So, oh, yeah. so you're, you're giving up one cost, which is your, your and rent it's a, payment. It's a strain on multiple relationships because it's relationship with his partner, yep. but it's also relationship with his partner's parents. Yeah. And their relationship with their partner. So there, there are a, there are a lot of different relationships being affected and strained. Yeah. So yeah. we're saying partners, parents, not grandma's couch, or okay. So partners, parents. If you're moving in with your partner's parents, I think that's what he said. His parents, his okay. partner's parents. I think that's okay. what he said. Okay. And so if you, if you're moving in with them, yeah, you're putting strain on both. So that's an, an additional cost. So you might be saving the six hundred bucks a month in rent or whatever your rent was before, or you can move to a small studio apartment with your partner and and find you know find something that's three hundred, four hundred bucks a month uh you you depend on on you're in illinois yeah you can find something relatively inexpensive as long as you're not in chicago if you're in downstate illinois you can you can find uh 
you can find a place Midwest relative. is very reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. Anywhere I mean, Midwest. Yeah, yeah, except for Chicago. Yeah. Um, and maybe a few other, yeah. a few other places. Yeah, it, like ninety percent of the Midwest for sure. Yeah. And so my point is, there are some other costs that that are going to be associated with moving in with your in-laws. Uh, uh, yeah, moving with your in-laws or your partner's parents. And so yeah, like if you're moving in, so if someone asks you, Jesse, why, why did you move in with your partner's parents? And you answer back, so we could save money. Mm. Like that's kind of an incomplete answer. Yeah. It's like, yeah. What, what are you saving the money for? Yeah. Oh, we're saving money because we plan to be debt-free in the next five years. Right. Like or, that is a much better, much direct answer. And that's going to, like, like if someone told me that, like, I, that would make sense to me. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. You're living with your relatives or your parents. So you can pay off your debt in the next five years. That's a great plan. Yeah, and personally, I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever do it. I would never do it longer than six months. Personally, um, Josh, you wouldn't live with anyone longer than six months. Well, I mean, we, I mean, besides Bex, yeah, yeah, and Ella. And, but I'm saying, and and so, and even that's difficult for me. I mean, here's the thing. I would, yeah, I, I would never do it. Period. I, I would never move in. But but here's here's why I would find a way to better use that because here's the thing it's not free you move in with the in laws it's not free you still you it better not be free for you you better be doing something around yeah, the house to as contribute much as you, can. you better contribute now how are you going to use I could use that time differently uh, to to earn a, you know, a different income to to develop some sort of side hustle to to you know drive for um, uber or lyft or 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 whatever uh, to deliver pizzas which i've done in the past to pay off my debts um instead of moving in because i know what that would do to me it would strain my relationship with my partner and so the question you really need to ask yourself maybe it's going to be great maybe you move in there for six months to a year you have a plan in place you you go back to that essay i just recommended to alana the financial freedom essay and you really start to pay off these debts and so you can afford a small little studio apartment with you and your partner so you're not a strain on them and you have a plan to be out of there so it might be january 1 swings around i'm going to be out of here by january 1 that's what i'm committing to you the in-laws this is going to be give me enough time to pay off my debts now now ryan he mentioned he has uh this well the question he asks is what what order do you pay off debts in well that one's easy that's just the debt snowball that dave ramsey talks about yeah i mean that is yeah josh and i are obviously going to recommend that so you start off with the little debts first and then you work your way up to the big debts yeah and i was when i was listening to his question i was thinking about you know asking jesse like if you were to climb a mountain do you want to climb the steepest part first oh by the way on this hypothetical mountain Uh uh-huh the part of the mountain that's above the steepest part is just getting steeper and steeper Yeah. as you're climbing this beginning ascent. So looking at it, and some people do want to take the hardest things on first, but they're making everything else because everything is accruing interest. Yeah. So you're just making the, the, the large or the smaller amounts. If you're, if you're, if you're tackling the larger amount of debt first, your smaller amounts probably have the bigger interest rate on it. Quite often they do. I mean, and, and, and the thing that Dave Ramsey would talk about is it doesn't really matter. What you're trying to do is build momentum. And right. if you have 16 different debts, a lot of them are going to be really tiny ones. And you get those tiny victories up front where I'm going to pay off this $37 credit card. And I've got another credit card that is $119. And you feel like you're gaining momentum. And it allows you to better tackle the um, the, yeah. the other debts that are in front and of you. dude, if you don't pay your parking tickets, 
and you get busted, they're going to take away your license. So it doesn't matter if you have a car or not. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, dude, pay off your parking tickets. You've got to pay your parking tickets. But here's the other thing. This is going to be hard to hear, Jesse, but you got to get rid of your car, man. You got to get rid of that car and and buy something that does not have a car payment. But I yeah. can't afford it. Yes, you can. I know you said you but have my, to have a car. But my commute is an hour each way, and I got to have a $50,000 luxury car to right. enjoy that commute. Right. Well, guess what? Ryan is debt-free, and he has a 2004 Toyota Corolla with 300,000 miles on it. <laughs> Roof leaks, radio's broken, AC doesn't work right now. <laughs> you, you'd be lucky to get 1000 bucks for that car right now. Oh, my God. And, and so here's the thing. Someone would buy that car off of you. My point is, Jesse, buy the equivalent, buy the beater, buy the junker car until you get out of debt. You gotta have, and you can upgrade eventually, and you can go from one junker to a slightly less junky junker, but right now, and here's the thing, you're probably not gonna do it, man, because it's difficult, and it's gonna create some pain and some tension, but the truth is, I mean, how backwards is this? You're gonna move in with the in-laws and you have a car payment? Come on, man. That that doesn't add up. There's this, so I used to listen to, uh, uh, I still do listen to him, uh, Bay, Bay Area hip hop artist E-40. And he's he, he talks about all these guys out here that have $80,000 cars, but they don't even own their house. Right. And it's sort of the same thing, man, but on a smaller scale, obviously. Man, if you can't even pay your own rent, but you have a car payment, you're hustling backwards, man. Yeah. You gotta let go of that man. car. Voice of emotion here agrees with you. <laughs> I wanna right. shake I wanna shake Jesse, dude. That well, cause I'll tell you, that was people always ask me, like, well, how did you leave your job and just become a minimalist? And it's like, well, it's not really how it, like I wasn't a minimalist till I said so, and it was well before I uh I got laid off. I didn't even quit my job. Yeah. You um, you were a minimalist, you're saying, you know, uh, and you're paying off your, your debts a long time before ever leaving the corporate world. Yeah. And what, and the first debt that I tackled was my car. Yeah. You know, I don't know how much I owed on it, but I know that I found someone to pay. I think I ended up spending $300 to get rid of the car. You're upside down a little bit. Yeah. I was upside down just a tiny bit. And even if you're upside down a lot, you still have to get rid of it. Jesse. But then I got that Corolla Yeah, and it had no payment on it. And right. dude, that was one of the best feelings ever. So Jesse, if you do this, like, I'm sure you got a thousand bucks saved up. If not, then save a thousand bucks, but find a junker to buy and yeah. get, and maybe the car you have now, you can, maybe you're not upside down on it. Maybe you can get a little bit more for it and help, you know, pay for a car that doesn't have a debt payment attached to it. And dude, if the roof leaks, it's okay. If it doesn't have AC, uh, you're in Illinois. It's probably okay. <laughs> it's totally okay, man. I had cars. Well, dude, I would not recommend agent. someone who lived in like, Dallas, Texas to have a car without AC. Like that's right. That would be miserable. But, but I mean, but I, I mean, I think the listeners are getting my point here. Yeah. Is that in order to, in order to become debt free, in order to meet your financial goals, no matter who you are, you are going to have to make some sacrifices. Yes. And you're, you might even have to deprive yourself a little bit at first mm. and some temporary deprivation. Now, you know, Josh and I always talk about how minimalism is not deprivation, but sometimes you got to do that temporarily. Yeah. You got to, you know, don't eat out with your friends, eat as many meals as you can at home. You know, don't go see movies once a week, go once every other month. There are some things that you might have to deprive yourself with. And Jesse, for you, it sounds like depriving yourself of 
I don't know what kind of car you have, dude, but I'm sure if you have a payment on it, it's a nicer car, but you're going to have to deprive yourself of a nicer car for a little bit before you get your debt paid off. There's a quote from Dave Ramsey. I'm, I'm, by the way, Jesse, we, I, I bought this book by the case. We'll send you a copy of Dave Ramsey's book. It's called Total Money Makeover, and it helped me get out of debt as well. Um, it, he talks about the snowball in there and uh, developing your budget. But uh, there's a quote that he often says, and I'm going to butcher it, but he says, yeah, live like nobody else today so you can live like nobody else tomorrow. Yeah, and that's that's what Ryan's talking about with this temporary deprivation. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to tighten the belt a bit, and you have to live like like the other people around you aren't living because you're being more frugal than you'd like to be, and you're being more strict, and you you're stretching every dollar. But tomorrow you'll be able tomorrow metaphorically you'll be able to live like no one else because you'll be debt free and you'll be free because of it. All right, our next question. Who's our next question from, Ryan? It is from Tira in Virginia. I have recently been applying minimalism to my finances. I've actually created an Excel, an Excel sheet, which I thoroughly enjoy nerding out to as I fill it out. I, however, did not realize how much money I was spending unconsciously on eating out and random other items that do not add value to my life. Anyway, I'm wondering if you have any words of wisdom to encourage patience with myself and or how to speed along the process of developing and adhering to a realistic value-based budget. So, you know, I got excited when I heard the word Excel spreadsheet, Ryan. <laughs> no, I, I've, I've stopped uh, using Excel. I'm so proud of her much. because I cannot, t- dude, my, um, I'll say a relative, I'm not going to call out the specific relative. Yeah, yeah. But they were visiting within the last year. And they were like, I don't know what to do. Like, I need a car and I got to do this. Blah, blah. I mean, you know, they're just laying out all their financial woes. And I'm like, do you have a budget? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay. I was like, I'm not going to coach you anymore until you come back to me with a budget. They still have not put a budget together. Yeah. There are so many people out there who know they need a budget, have not spent the time to do it. That is, if you can't take the first step, then you're never going to become debt free. Yep. So, Tira, just congratulations on putting the Excel spreadsheet together. That is an awesome first step. And it's a hard one because it makes you it makes you look in the mirror and it makes you be honest with yourself. Well, it's it's scrutinizing too. Like so in a weird way, I'm budgeting right now with my diet. So it talked about doing the the ketogenic diet early on at the beginning of this episode. And the app I'm using, my fitness pal, it I budgets my, my calories, you know, so my, my daily objective is 2,300 calories, but I want to get over 70% of that from fat. And so, uh, I find, I find that like I'm budgeting in a different way and it makes you scrutinize like, Oh my God, I did not know that a tablespoon of balsamic vinegar had you know, one carb in it or whatever. And, and so <laughs> like, I just, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just having visions of me taking on this diet. And freaking out of it about a tablespoon of balsamic vinegar. Oh, like, dude, yeah, yeah, you're 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 toast. Man. All right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. Keep going. Yeah, and no, I mean, but the, like bacon. So I'm eating bacon now, right? But bacon is cured with brown sugar, so like I can't even really do much bacon. You think of bacon as this nice fatty thing that's going to help your fat. It does, but bacon is always cured with brown sugar. That's how you make bacon. Now, Josh, did you know that if you say beer can in an Australian accent? It sounds like bacon in a Jamaican accent. Prove it. <laughs> we don't have time. Keep going. All right. 
All right. Anyway, so I'm budgeting. And my whole point is that once you start scrutinizing it down to the dollar level or the calorie level or the uh, micronutrient level, it it opens up this whole world of, you know, there's this old saying, like, you can't you can't manage what you don't measure. And I don't know that that's always true, but I, I think that it's gr- it is so true for diet and especially for budgeting your dollars, knowing where every dollar is going throughout the month. Now, an Excel spreadsheet might be might be ideal for for Tira, but there is a really good app out there, and it's free, by the way. It's called Every Dollar. Oh yeah, that's. It's Dave Ramsey's yeah, app. Yeah, it's Ramsey's app. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so I, I used the paper version of it a very long time ago, and uh, that helped me. The whole envelope system that he uses helped me. But every dollar, it's a free app, and I think that it, maybe the Excel spreadsheet works great for you. And however you want to do it, whatever tool works best for you. But take a look at the different tools. See if see if that one might might help out. Now, Ryan, she said. How to help her with her, with patience. Well, she didn't realize how much money she was spending. Now, I would use oh. the word non-essentials. Mm. Uh, so how do you get down to that? How do you figure out what's essential and non-essential? Yeah, so so you and I did something called the need-want-like need, list. But if I were to rename that today, because we did this a few years ago, um, the need-want-like list really identified the things that you truly need, the things that you wanted that added value to your life, and the things that you just sort of liked. Like, uh, yeah, I like the satellite radio or whatever. So how would you rename it? Essential, uh, non-essential? And junk. And yeah. junk. I like that. Essential, non-essential. We should go back and edit that essay. Or we can just we can write another one eventually. Oh, yeah. uh, been writing a bunch on the website, by the way. You can subscribe to all the, the essays for free over at theminimalists.com via email. I love that, dude. Essential, non-essential and junk because exactly. that, that's essentially what it is man like yeah was that was that a pun it was a pun that's <laughs> essentially what it is <laughs> yeah and and so we were we were helping someone recently uh declutter their home we were doing it for a, a reporter uh, on buzzfeed this buzzfeed vid- video that we did when we were out um in los angeles when we were out on tour and uh helped her put things in the three piles and now here's the thing we justify everything this is essential absolutely need it but the truth is we need far fewer things than we think and so if I were to look at my essentials, my non-essentials, and my junk, most of the things that I owned when I was 27 years old and I was simplifying my life for the first time, the vast majority, 90 plus percent was junk. It wasn't actually adding real value to my life. It was, there was some weird perceived value or I was holding on to it just in case in, in most cases, but I had to slash that. And so 100% of your junk has to go. Now, that's not just junk that you have at home. It's the new junk that we bring into our lives. And, and what I mean by that, it's not actually adding value to your life. It could be eating out at you know, Chuck E. Cheese, because that's where I go when I want to eat out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need, did they have a gluten-free menu? <laughs> I don't even know if they have a menu. Are there Chuck E. Cheeses in the Pacific Northwest? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I just want to say your childhood wasn't lit unless you spent <laughs> some time at Chuck E. Cheese's. <laughs> don't ever use that word around me again. What, Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> Yeah, man. Most of the stuff that we spend money on is junk. I mean, it's not adding real value to our life. But then there are some things that are non-essentials, but it's not junk. It, non-essential means it adds value to our life, but it's not absolutely necessary. And I found a way when I was first budgeting, this sounds crazy, I found a way to cut 100%, that's the temporary deprivation, 100% of those non-essentials. The Give us some that, examples. Um, let's see here. So... Um, 
Oh, ooh, ooh. so so a lot of the bills that, that I was spending money on were home internet, cable TV, um, anything I was spending money on regularly, uh, music, um, things that that weren't absolutely essential yeah, to going my out life. To eat, going out to eat. Yeah, most of the going out to eat was junk. Um, but it, well, it, it was it was for them because sure. it, because the the need was eating, right? Right. And so uh, maybe going out to eat with friends, yes. Th- then I did get some value from it. Or yeah, I got some value because I didn't have to prep everything. But I did start making meals at home because eating is essential. So let's let's just talk about essentials real quick. The essentials are things like having a roof over your head, having clothes on. Well, I already owned enough clothes. I didn't have to buy any new clothes. I can go shopping in my own closet and, and be completely contented by that experience. But uh, um I found a way to cut down my essentials by 50%. I moved into a smaller apartment. I reduced my electricity um, and used the air conditioning less frequently. I mean, there were things where I'm like, I'm going to really squeeze every dollar that I have here. And I even reduced my essentials by 50%. Now maybe, maybe uh, Tira, you can't, you can't reduce your essentials by 50%, but maybe you can reduce it by 20%. And you can get rid of all of the non-essentials right now, temporarily. Here's the cool thing about that though. Once you become debt-free, you start bringing those non-essentials, but they still add value to your life. These are things that truly add value to your life. When you start bringing them back in, it feels so much better because you know you're bringing it back in deliberately. And you feel so much less guilty, man. Yeah. Like, that's the other thing, too. It's like, I was there when I was, you know, deep in debt, but I'm going to go out with a friend and have a meal, and I'd put it on my credit card. Right. And it was a good experience with my friend and I did get value out of it. But like, I would feel guilty. Like, here I am just putting more debt onto this debt card. Yeah. yeah. And, and now the other thing that I realized when I started bringing some of those things back into my life, like I started buying music again and, and, and buying books and instead of going to the library. And I found that many of the things I thought were non-essentials were actually junk. Yeah. And I would say, oh yeah, this adds value to my life. No, not really. No, it's actually junk. And so you don't bring any of the junk back into your life. So slash, 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 uh, you can find that essay. It's theminimalists.com slash want. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. One last question she had, how do I, how do I speed up the process? No, well, I think you just answered that. R- right. Because slash, I, I guarantee slash, right slash. now, yeah. So yeah, I was going to say, like if, I, if she was to lay out her expenditures, I guarantee you and I could find an extra 10, an extra 20 bucks a month, maybe an extra 100 or $200 a month. Right. But there, I mean, if she truly wants to speed up the process, get clear on what the essential stuff is, the non-essential stuff is, and... uh give it and give up as much as you can deprive uh, d- temporarily deprive yourself. Yeah. I mean, dude, eating peanut butter and jelly and ramen noodles is a horrible diet, but yeah, but you can do the healthy equivalent to that. There is a healthy equivalent. Actually, we should actually start coming up with a healthy equivalent. We should get Bax to do that at minimal wellness. She's the dietitian. Yeah. So what's the cheapest, healthiest way to eat? Because that's one thing I hear a lot too. Well, it's too expensive to eat healthy. Nah, no. that's, that's a, total bullshit excuse. by the way it's too expensive to not eat healthfully yeah, you know what it's too expensive if i go down to the fresh market right here in missoula and eat organic they're it's way too expensive i never buy like i go to the farmer's market right or i'll go to other places where i know that they have affordable organic stuff well when i'm saying it's too expensive to not eat healthfully what i mean is it's going to cost you in the long run oh big yeah time. Big oh yeah time. it's good yes and so here's, here's what I'll say. She said, how do I speed up the process and how do I be patient? I don't want you to be patient. I want you to be upset about this. I want yeah. you to feel the pain. 
Be impatient about your debt. That's what I wrote down here. Be impatient with debt. Don't accept debt. Don't have patience with your debt. Be so impatient that you know you must make some sort of change. Get mad at that there debt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely don't want you to be patient. And and, in fact, I, I want you to be so impatient that you... So the equation here is simple, Ryan. You have to make more money than you spend if you want to pay off your debt. Well, how do you do that? Well, first off, you spend less. You give The best way to give yourself a pay raise is to spend less money. If you want a dramatic pay raise, spend dramatically less money. But on top of that, once you've done that, you figure out how to make more money. Now, for me, we didn't have Uber and Lyft back in the day, so I delivered pizzas. And I felt like an idiot. I was working in the corporate world delivering pizzas but I was, I'm going to make some more money somehow and make a few hundred bucks more a week. I'm going to, how am I going to allocate my time so I can earn more income in the short term? It's not a long-term plan, but what is your side hustle? And, and, yeah. and maybe that's driving with Lyft and, and any extra time you have, yeah, you got an extra, an extra hour, five hours a week. Yeah. Like it's going to, that's an extra hundred bucks a week. Yeah. And so instead of pacifying yourself, find ways to schedule in that side hustle that you can make some short term money to pay off those debts. Yeah. So I would like to rephrase her question about being patient. Uh-huh. I think what she's asking is, is how can she stay more focused? Ooh. And what I'll say is focus on your daily tasks like don't look at what you're going to be spending next week or the week after like you if you have your budget and after listening to this podcast i'm i'm assuming you have slashed uh even more of your expenses stay focused on what you need to do daily and then also do focus on that end result focus on being debt free you have a light at the end of the tunnel do you know how many people don't even have that light to look forward to so if you can a just take your daily tasks, your daily, uh, maybe your daily focus is a better way of looking. I hate the word task. Yeah. But, you know, take it on a day-to-day basis, one step at a time, one action at a time, and then stay focused on that end result. That is what is going to give you some some uh, some better focus and help you stay motivated to, to get to that, that light at the end of the tunnel. Tira, if you want to see how Ryan and I stayed focused throughout our journey, we went from these suit and tie corporate guys with a lot of debt to becoming debt-free minimalists. Uh, We're going to send you a copy of our book, Everything That Remains. It's a story of that five-year journey of our lives, that that transition, that transformation, and uh, regaining focus. I think you'll especially find value in chapter eight, where you sort of see the, it's almost like the before and after. There's two parts in the book, and chapter eight is the beginning of the, the second part of the book. So, Sean, if you could reach out to her, send her the book version, the ebook version, or it's now on Audible as well as a five and a half hour audiobook. If we have an Audible download code, you can send that over to her. I would appreciate it. All right. We'd love to hear what y'all have to say. So, if you have a comment or a tip about budgeting for anyone who called in today, then leave us a voicemail 406 219 7839. You can also uh, leave a voice memo. You can send one right from your phone to podcast at theminimalists.com. We will air our favorite comments and tips on a future episode. All right, let's move on to our hashtag Ask the Minimalist lightning round where we answer questions from social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at The Minimalists. Uh, During this lightning round, this is where Ryan and I do our best to answer each question with just a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. We also put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes. 
So you can copy and paste our pithy answers on social media if you'd like. You can also find all of our minimal maxims in the show notes and now at minimalmaxims.com. We just set that up. And uh, Jess, our social media manager, Jess Williams, who is an all-around outstanding human being, she is... Uh, it was her idea, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. She's curating all of our our pithy answers and putting them in one place. So you can find them over there at minimalmaxims.com. Isn't it great to have awesome people in your life that can come up with great ideas and help out? All right. I'm just, no, I'm, <laughs> all right. I'm just going to move that on. That was a rhetorical question. I'm just going to move on. I got it wrong. I'm just going to move on to the, uh, uh, ask the minimalist lightning round here. Our first question is from Delaney. How do you stick to your budget without limiting yourself so far that you miss out on parts of life with friends and family? All right, let me let me dig out my my pithy answer here. It is no matter what, we always miss out on something. So it's important to replace the fear of missing out with the joy of missing out. So true, man. You know how many things we're missing out on right now, Josh? Ryan, when's everything? The la- when's the last time you went apartment hunting on Craigslist in Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> uh, that's what I was doing earlier, actually, when you were asking me what I was doing on my computer. <laughs> because I did. I was, I was so worried about missing out. On the great deals. Yes. In, in Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi. Yes. I like Jackson. It's a good town. We've been there on tour before. I love that city. But here's the thing. You're did always like- missing out. Didn't we have the best tacos in Jackson? If you haven't been to Jackson and <laughs> the tacos, you're missing out. <laughs> there were some great, great, the best tacos on an entire 100 city tour was in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Anyway, you're always missing out. And the key is let's, let's replace that, that, that fear of missing out with the joy of missing out. I love that. Yeah, because like it's, it's like the joy of letting go of opportunities. Like, I don't know. We turn down stuff all the time. Really good opportunities. Yeah. And we miss out. But you have to. Yeah. And, but it feels really good to say no to something so we can say yes to what we're focused on. That is a nice pithy answer, but I think you have another one here. <laughs> uh, my pithy answer is this. Sacrifices are necessary in order to meet one's financial goals. And then I got a little parenthetical here. And thank goodness sacrificing virgins is a way of the past. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, uh, that's triggering me. <laughs> <laughs> because there's there's some cultures that still sacrifice virgins, Ryan, and you're not you you are not thinking about their culture. Are there really? There must be like hidden cults or something. Yeah, yeah, man. Is there a country where that's still legal? It, it's in Mississippi. <laughs> Our next question is from Katie. What are your recommendations for those of us in the pre-budget stage? Pre-budgets in quotes. Yeah, I just love. <laughs> I think you just coined a new term, the pre-budget stage. I'm not ready to make every dollar go in its place, but I'm getting there. All right. Well, here's my short answer. My minimal maxim for you, Katie. When would now be a good time to have a budget? (laughs) I think you're going to flip that around, Ryan. You could say, when would now be a bad time to have a budget? And I mean, it's... uh, I mean, it's obviously a little, a bit of a a truism there. You know, now is always the best time to have a budget, right? 
And so you can't go back and say, I wish I would have had a budget a year ago. Yeah, you can worry about that and beat yourself up over it. But now is the best time to have a budget. So hopefully some of the tips we gave you and you, you hop on every dollar or, or wherever your Excel spreadsheet would be. Now is the time to have a budget. Katie, we say this at our tour stops. Now is the time for less, but now is the time for a budget. So when would now be a good time for a budget? Or when would now be a bad time to have a budget? Ryan, can you think of a time where it's like, I really wish I didn't have a budget right now. This is terrible for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, when I really wanted to go have that expensive meal with my friends. Right, right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then it was actually good. It just felt bad at the time. Gotcha. Oh, that's actually pretty good, man. Because it is, it is that ephemeral the instant gratification yeah that we will we will take that to forsake the long term uh the long term what word am i looking for here the long term benefits sure. i guess from from sticking to a budget yeah so yeah katie um keep on living an ephemeral life and <laughs> you will constantly live in ephemerality Man, i've got so i've got a four that's not old. my pithy answer though <laughs> <laughs> no that 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 is called a tautology where this thing means the same thing that you're saying. Mm. Um, anyway, uh, uh, I have a four-year-old, Ella, and she lives like that, where like it's always, I need to make what, all this chocolate's making me want to eat more chocolate, right? right. That, <laughs> that's sort of the thing. Like She's not budgeting out the chocolate. I have to budget it out for her. But guess what? It's because she's four years old. Right. And so, so Katie... Stop acting like a four-year-old. <laughs> God, you're so mean. No, no, no. This is me caring about Katie. I care about her. I want her to make some changes. But in order to do that, you got to have a budget. Yeah. I care about you, and that's why I, I'm doing this for you. It's, this is going to hurt me <laughs> more right. than it hurts this you, hurts Katie. Me I hate telling people that they're acting like a four-year-old. Yeah. That doesn't bring me pleasure at all. <laughs> I, I'm not some sort of sadist. You're smiling right now, Josh. <laughs> No, I'm not. <laughs> but right, you would all, all be, you're, you're all, always smiling, so that doesn't really count. That's true. All right. <laughs> oh, my pithy answer is waiting around for one day, it will always keep you waiting. One day or day one, you decide. Katie. Yes, indeed. All right. Our next question is from Jucinda. The cold, hard truth is that I am going to be haunted by student loans till I die. Now, how does one still have a life? Man, that, that question, like, it hurt my heart when I heard her say that. Yeah. that the, the, the cold truth is I'm going to have student loans until I die. And my first, my first reaction was, like, you got to change your truth. Because yeah. with that attitude. Yeah. Y you're right. Like, you're, you're it's going to be a horrible life. You're planning for failure right yeah. now. Uh, the cold hard truth is I'm going to continue to fail. The cold hard truth is I'm not going to be free. And so, what my short answer is my short answer is is change your beliefs, change your life. Amen. I think that's what she's got to do, man. She's got to she's just got to instead of saying the cold hard truth is that I'm going to be haunted by student loans till I die. Maybe you need to to radically change that belief to the cold hard truth is I am going to get out of debt. Jacinda, Google how I got out of a hundred thousand dollars worth of student debt. I mean, there, there's a recipe out there. There are so many recipes who people who 200,000, I mean, 300,000, whatever it is, like figure out someone else's recipe and you know, maybe you can't follow it exactly, but there are certainly going to be ingredients. So I think 
this plays into my, my pithy answer here, which is get a plan in place or be lost forever. I think that's the perfect answer. I know you've got some other stuff to add to that, but like, to me, that's perfectly pithy. Like without a vision, people perish is sort of the old, the old, uh, biblical passage. But, but yeah, if you don't have, if you don't have a a plan, she doesn't even have a vision. Her vision is, um, I'm giving up. Yeah. That's not a vision. And if you throw your hands in the air, well then like I have, I, I know people, friends, family who they've done that. And they've acquiesced they're to constantly death. running from debt collectors stressed out. Yeah. And, and like they're living stressed out and they are giving up the short term pain of coming up with a plan and acting on it for that ephemerality of, well, if I can move to a different state or if I can change my phone number or if I just stop answering my phone, then I can avoid, you know, people hounding me for debt. Well, they're going to try and, you know, track that person down for the rest of their life. Yeah, they want that. They want their money. I remember watching, remember the Roseanne show? Oh yeah. Just Roseanne. Um, I hear they're bringing that back. Anyway, keep going. You and I I grew up really poor and like we would try, like my mom some months was trying to decide, do I pay the electric bill? And by the way, the answer is yes, you pay the electric bill before you pay the house bill. Um, But sometimes she would alternate and so like we'd have past due notices. Eventually electric would get shut off and you know, sometimes we get eviction notices on the door and it was so, I saw how stressful it was to her. And I mm-hmm. vowed that when I turned 18, I would never let that happen to me by any means necessary. And part of that had to do with making good decisions with my resources, not becoming an alcoholic and, and, yeah. and, uh, 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 aligning my, my behaviors with the person I wanted to be. I just pulled this out of the trash can, Ryan, while you were talking. This is, looks like it's a pink slip. It looks like an eviction notice, right? <laughs> I got this in the mail, and I, I can remember growing up. This would have been this would have been devastating because it would have been true. So this is it says, dear YMCA member, this is a friendly friend, friendly reminder. By the way, you don't put a friendly friendly reminder on a big pink past due notice. Uh, this is a friendly reminder that there are past due fees on your account. Please contact the Greater Missoula Family YMCA to bring your account current by the last day of this month. And so, like, they're, they're, yeah, it's very passive aggressive. Thank you for being part of our community. Right. And here's the thing like, I uh, got a new debit card with my, the chip updated in it, right? And so, like, I forgot to update it with the YMCA. So, I, I took care of it yesterday. Actually, I went in there yesterday. And um, this, uh, this would have stressed me out because it was like, oh, which bill do I have to force? Even when I was making really good money in the corporate world, I would sometimes have past due. It would mess my credit report up and everything else, and that would stress me out. But my point is that there was so much stress around my budget because I didn't have a freaking budget. You got to have a budget, and you got to have more empowering beliefs because your belief that you're going to be haunted for the rest of your life like you said earlier, Ryan, yeah, with that attitude, you will. So, you know, I can tell that Jacinda's scared. Like, she has fear. And coming up with a plan is, it's difficult because of that fear of failure. So, I had a little bit of room left in my tweet here. So, the second part of it is, so it's, you know, the first part is, is get a plan in place or be lost forever. Also, be prepared to learn along the way. If your plan fails, readjust, but never give up. Yeah. So, you, you know, can give what? up on the plan, but don't give up on where you're going. Yeah. And Jacinda, whether it's a plan 
to get out of debt or whether it's a plan to avoid debt, I hate to tell you, but you're probably going to fail in life <laughs> before you die. We yeah. all are. Yeah. And it's not a matter of avoiding failure as much as it is uh, learning from when we when our plan does fall apart or if it starts to fall apart. It's, it's readjusting and learning from where... Uh, it's not working and, and pulling it back together, learning from failure. I'm like cringing as I say that. I feel like that is such a overused. Yeah, right. Stop snapping into the microphone, Josh. <laughs> uh, if, if so, if anyone out there needs to be shaken a little bit more, I'm, I don't have time to read this right now, but there is an essay on our website called 11 Signs You Might Be Broke. <laughs> and here's the thing. We're all broke or broken at some point in our lives. And uh, that essay, it's just theminimalists.com slash broke. We'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. Some of the, the key indicators that you might be broke. One, you're living paycheck to paycheck. Number two, you have credit card debt. Number three, you have student loan debt. Number four, you have a monthly car payment. So if, if you have any of these things, you're broke. You are broke. And I, I outline, Ryan and I outline exactly what that means for you and in that essay. So you can see all 11 signs that you might be broke in, in that essay. All right, Ryan, let's move on to our added value portion of the show where we talk about something that has added value to our lives recently. Uh, for me, Ryan, I saw a movie while I was, I was out in Los Angeles last week and I had some downtime and there was this movie I've been meaning to see. It's called Columbus. Now you and I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Do you know two hours from Dayton, Ohio is a town called Columbus? Yes. Not Columbus, Ohio, though. Columbus, Indiana. Oh, interesting. And it is, it's like just south of Indianapolis. It is like the mid-century architecture mecca of the Midwest, of the United States. The architecture in this film was, I want to say it was like one of the main characters of the film. But it was so well done. It was like this romance story that wasn't a romance story. And it had to do with moving on, like from as you're the, the two main characters are in their early 20s. And um, one of them's a little bit older than the other. And one is sort of his father is, is, is dying or might be dying. We're not really sure. And then the, uh, the other character, she. Uh, her, her mom has some sort of addiction and uh, she's in a weird way taking care of her mom and she has to let go of that so she can sort of pursue her own life. And the film was just fantastic. But part of the reason it was fantastic was the lighting and the atmospherics and the architecture in this. And it, <laughs> what I'm hearing you say is how boring this movie is. It's so good. Man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It man. is unbelievable. It was well written. Uh, it was well written, but, but there was something about the, Josh, is there nudity or violence in this? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're in the theater. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue with your added value. <laughs> Ryan just gets naked and starts beating me up. Uh, man, it was such a good film. Now, here's the thing. It's, I hate doing this because it's a fairly limited release. I don't know that it's available where you are, so hopefully it'll be out on iTunes or somewhere soon. Um, but, man, it, it's the best movie I've seen so far this year. It's called Columbus. Awesome. Check it out. Ryan, what about you? Dude, I have more recos than you today? Yeah. I just, I just, I'm I, sorry, not recos. <laughs> added value. Yes, indeed. Things that are adding value to my life. Yeah. Um. Well, you mentioning that movie made me think of uh, Get Out. I finally saw. I know you already recommended that like a while ago. 
But dude, that movie was so... You're right, dude, like on the edge of your seat the whole time. I feel like most of us are, who are consumers, we're in the sunken place, right? Like when yeah. we get in that, that, that consumer mindset, like that's where you are. You're just sort of like sitting there, like spaced out in the sunken yeah. place. Anyway, I don't want to give it. There's no spoilers because you can easily ruin that film. Yeah. By it's, giving any spoilers. Yeah, all I'll say is that like it's, uh, it's from so many different angles. It's really good. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Um, Okay, the two things that have been adding value to my life. I want to be very clear. These are not recommendations because I'm just talking about a couple supplements I've been taking. One of them, Jeff Saris uh, with Spire Media. He, for those of you who don't know who Jeff Saris is, you probably have heard of Spire Media. They're the ones that pretty much make Josh and I's website look beautiful. Yeah. Um, he recommended this, I think it's pronounced the nine? T-H-E-A-N-I-N-E? I don't know. Anyways. Theanine? Theanine, maybe that's what it is. That yeah. sounds right. <clears throat> um, so he was basically giving me some like intermittent fasting tips, uh, how to you know get some more energy without drinking more coffee. Because I usually like typically what I'll do is have a coffee when I wake up. Yeah. Um, if I'm recording a podcast, I usually will have just only one coffee, but a, uh, like at home. But I'll stop on the way to get a coffee or. I will go into the break room here and if they have coffee in there, like I will get a cup of that coffee. Sean was getting coffee earlier today and I, my, like the placebo in me was like, was that a placebo is probably not the right word. But anyway, I I got this um, impulse Mm -hmm. to be like, oh yeah, coffee, that sounds good. But then I was like, wait a minute, I do not need coffee right now. Right. And, and it's because of, I, I think, for me, it's because of the theanine. We're going with that. Theanine. Pronoun- theanine. We're going yeah. with that pronunciation. And then I've also been taking... Don't you mean pronunciation? <laughs> <laughs> I would hop over this table and kick your ass live on our podcast. <laughs> Morning. Contains violence. <laughs> uh, I, I got this recommended from uh, just a doctor down in Hamilton. He was, he was t- uh, telling me... The musical? <laughs> no, in Hamilton, Montana. Oh, um, he's got a uh, he's got like a practice there, and then he also I think he has one out in Spokane too. His name is Doctor Matt Schlechten. I don't think he really has anything online, but but uh, awesome guy. But he was telling me about how it, the majority of people, the vast majority of people, have a, a magnesium deficiency, right? And how that contributes to a lot of um, you know afternoon drag and energy levels essentially. Mm-hmm. So he just recommended, he's like, dude, if you're not doing, you know, float tanks and getting the magnesium through the, through the Epsom salt there, or you're not doing Epsom salt baths, mm-hmm. I don't have a bathtub, so that's impossible for me. Yeah. Um, he was like, you probably should take a magnesium supplement. Right. So it's sort of taking a magnesium, gl- uh, glycinate, glycinate, glycinate. Yeah. Okay. There'll be links to both of these in the, uh, in the show notes, but, but yeah, long story helps short. Helps your sleep for sure. What's that? Helps your sleep immensely. Yeah. So yeah, it just helps balance your body, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, man. The the I drink this tea at night, which I've recommended before. It's called, um, it's like caramel bedtime tea. Yogi is, yeah, yeah. The, is the maker of it. I've been drinking that. And this, the theanine. 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 <laughs> what does that do? What does I'm theanine do? It. You said it, it helps suppress your want, desire for have, coffee. Is that all? Is that all? I have no. Well, well you're what, recommending something you don't. I mean, you're. you're, you're what is you're, what I'm saying is, is that taking these two supplements in the morning, uh-huh. 
I don't need that second cup of coffee. Okay. I probably don't need the first cup of coffee. I just like coffee a lot. Right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's junk, but I still have it. It is definitely not junk. It, and, and nah, by, no, coffee's junk, dude. No, no, it's not. It absolutely is. I'll put, okay, I'll put three studies in the show notes for you that shows in, in enhance cognitive But you function. can say that about alcohol, too. No, you can't. You yes, can't. alcohol absolutely helps you cardiovascular. I just, what, what, there's a, oh, I'll recommend this documentary, too. I just saw it on Netflix. The Truth Behind Alcohol, right. 100% help. It is having a, having a small bit of alcohol every single day, especially for women over 55 years yeah. old, absolutely increase. But you, I believe but, that. I, I believe that's true. But and the so, other thing, too, is that there are ways to, there are more healthy ways to get the benefits, is, is what I'm saying. Not true with caffeine, but, but you can get straight caffeine. Um, but there, there are neurocognitive, uh, it's definitely not junk. It is a non-essential, I agree with that. But, but uh, it, in terms of coffee is not an essential. I mean, I, I could pretend it is because I love coffee that much. <laughs> but, but no, I've, I've, done, I've done a lot of research. We, we could all live our lives without coffee and we'd still live healthful, meaningful lives. We could still find a way to Totally do agree. But yeah. that, 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 my point is that there are, it, it's a non-essential, but it can add value to your life. Yep. It's not junk for me. So yeah, basically those two those two supplements. It just it, it honestly it just makes me feel more awake. It helps me like added with the alpha brain. Yeah, like dude, I just have more energy. So and that's just me personally. Uh, there could be a doctor listening to this right now and like you know shoot shoot this down. But even if it's placebo, dude, it's totally working on me. Yeah. Well, and by the way, we, we are not doctors. No. Before you make any changes to your diet or exercise, consult your physician. Yes, absolutely. Um, I will recommend. The truth behind alcohol. It is a really good. It is a really good documentary on Netflix right now. It huh. just, yeah. I, I won't. I won't spoil it. There's really not, not that much to spoil. But for the sake of time, I'm, I won't sit here and, uh, you know, give a synopsis of it. But yeah, check it out. All right, cool. Well, let's uh, move on to our new segment real quick. It's called Weightlifting with the Minimalist. This is where we turn to Twitter. We're at the Minimalist on Twitter, and we ask what physical item is weighing you down recently, and why. And then we attempt to help you lift the weight. A uh, hat tip to our friend Malcolm Fontier, who we're actually uh, we're, we're working on this uh, this new bag. Everyone's been asking, like, where do I get that bag that's in your documentary? And it, it's been the bane of my existence for the last couple of years since, well, last year since the documentary came out. Everyone's asking, well, he's bringing that bag back out and we're helping him make the bag a little bit better. Uh, it's called Packed Bags is the name of the the new company that he's forming just to bring out. I mean, the bag has been unavailable since 2012. He's doing a Kickstarter this fall on it. And uh, I want to say thanks. He's the one who gave us this, the idea of doing the weightlifting with the minimalist segment. If you're interested in, in that bag, uh, I wrote an essay called Keep Travel Simple. You can read that over at packedbags.com. Now, packed is spelled P-A-K-T, packedbags.com. I've been told that's the Polish word for... What is it? Oh man, I'm I'm blanking on what's the Polish word for. I'm gonna Google it. Yeah, I think it's murder suicide. No way. No, dude. that's not it. <laughs> that's a different pact. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's packed. P a k t bags dot com, and uh, Malcolm is uh, has that bag coming out, and I wrote an essay called "Keep Travel Simple" over there. Anyway. Um, we're going to answer one question here, and then, Ryan, we will do a bonus episode strictly for our Patreon supporters, helping a bunch of folks lift the weight over there today. And you'll see that come out in your feed the day after this comes out, uh, Weightlifting with the Minimalist. You'll do a private podcast over on Patreon. But 
Yeah, I'm not getting anything on this Andrew, translation, by the way. Andrew Ferguson says that books, CDs, DVDs are all weighing him down. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> yeah, they're heavy, man. <laughs> they're quite literally. I remember, especially if you got like a thousand books. Uh, two, I had two thousand books. Do you think? He, do you think he's like under a pile of books and CDs? <laughs> He just barely has his hand sticking out. He's tweeting <laughs> He's us. He's tweeting us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, here's the thing. The, the nice thing about books, CDs, DVDs. Actually, you know what I'm reminded of? Tony Robbins did a, a TEDx talk. And he was talking about like all the DVDs that people... One, one, one segment, he said, all the DVDs you have. He said, really? You, you, you're like going to watch the movie again? How about you go get a life? <laughs> And while I don't agree with that, there are some movies that I'll watch a second time. Yeah. And are, I mean, there are movies, especially like Mulholland Drive, that is much better the second time that you watch a uh, David Lynch film. Anyway, um, the truth is that we're not going to rewatch or reread the vast majority of those things that we're holding on to. And by the way, even if we want to, we have access to them now where you don't have to have the physical artifact in hand. You, you have access to streaming or you have access to the books on an e-reader. I can tell you getting a Kindle for me was one of the best things I ever did for my library because when, you know, when we go out on tour, Ryan, I have 2000 books with me, right? Or probably more than that on the Kindle itself. And I have access to an infinite library of books right there in my hand. I don't have to own the artifacts. And by the way, it's so much easier when I'm getting ready to move to a new place, like we're getting ready to, than moving a stockpile of books. Yeah. So let them go and have access to them. You don't have to have ownership of those things. Dude, I had, <clears throat> I had like a, I don't know, one of those, CD holders that holds, you know, 100 or 200 CDs or something. Yeah. In addition and to your 100 disc changer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. I stressed over these CDs like, oh, I got to download them all. Because this is this is what this dude's thinking right now. Man, I don't want to I don't want to uh, if, even if he has a CD drive that, that can read and write or, you know, and, and put it onto his computer, right. which I don't have. Actually, we do have a company one that the three of us will like toss back and forth if we absolutely need one. But, but it, it's stressful thinking about like those 200 CDs. Okay. I have to, you know, get, get a, a, a CD drive that's going to, uh, copy this CD, uh, to my computer, put it into an MP3 or MP4 format, whatever the format is. Um, and I've got to do this and it takes a while to like do hundreds of CDs. That is stressful. I cannot tell you how freeing it was when I signed up for 10 bucks a month. Well, I, I actually, I started with Spotify. I think it's like, it was like seven bucks a month. It might've bumped up to 10 bucks a month now, but paying $7 a month. Now in the long run over, uh, what, 30 years, it's going to cost a lot of money. And you know, it's going to cost you a lot less than if you were to buy new CDs every month though. That's exactly right. And, but yeah, that, and that's my point. It's like, well, it, it's twofold. Like, yes, the argument could be made like, well, if they just put those CDs onto their drive, they wouldn't have to spend the seven bucks a month to access that music. Well, guess what? If that's the only music you want to access, then I would go back to the Tony Robbins thing and be like, dude, get a life. There's going to be more music you want in. It's going to be more enjoyable for you to find new music. It, it is for everyone. So, you know, not only could I uh, get rid of the, those, you know, 200 CDs that I had. Right. Um, but I was freed from the weight of those CDs. And I could download every single one of the, every single CD that I have wanted to listen to that I used to have, I can download. Right. Um, the Beatles for a while was hard to get a hold of, but even that now is available. Yeah. Um, 
And not only that, but the new music that comes out, I don't have to worry about having like a physical copy of it. I can just, again, like download it, listen to it, stream it whenever I want. So dude, you have the technology, use it. Yeah. And they're clearly not adding value to your life because it's stressing you out enough that you're willing to send us a tweet. All right, we'll, we'll move over to overtime. We'll answer a bunch of other questions on, on uh, weightlifting with the minimalists. There's a bunch of other questions I got here this morning from folks on Twitter, Ryan. We'll answer those exclusively for our Patreon supporters. What else you got for us, Ryan? All right, finally, here are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Hi, my name is Hillary Prazak, and I am calling from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. My comment and tip is for the lady who goes to the thrift stores and buys clothes and then sells them on Poshmark. I was thinking that you could put everything for sale on the app, and if it sells, get rid of it, and if it doesn't, then you can evaluate if you want to keep it or not. That way you're not constantly debating on if you should keep it or sell it it's always just up for sale and then it's kind of out of your hands whether or not someone else buys it um, and maybe that will help you eliminate holding on to a bunch of clothes that you actually don't really need or want. Hi Josh and Ryan this is Allison from Raleigh North Carolina and I have a comment and kind of a tactic that I've been using for an incentive to purge. Um, I know that you guys really like coffee, and so do I. And so recently I've been only using cash to go to my favorite coffee shops. And instead of going to an ATM, when I run low on cash, I think of what I can sell in order to get more cash. So... Um, I know it sounds kind of weird, but it's just like, oh, well, what, uh, what don't I need so that I can get some coffee that I really enjoy? Hi, Josh and Ryan. I was just listening to the non-line episode, and the lady who is moving and has all of her books about for her future self, as she mentioned, suggestion would be to... Donate those to the local library that she sees herself living in that area. That way, she will always have access to those particular books. And if she's not sure of which books is temporarily it's easier for her and it makes her feel better, take a picture or write the list of those books down. And when she needs a new book to pick up, she can go to the library and rent one of those books. All right, y'all, that's it for this episode. If you have a question for The Minimalists, give us a call, 406-219-7839. And uh, you can also send us a voice memo right from your phone, podcast at theminimalists.com. And if you leave here with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have 
you gotta reach for and you gotta grab. Oh, I bet that you'll be fine without it. So tear your eyes away, or tear. 